And that is the gospel of the Lord. Whew. All right, let's take it from the start. So we hear that there is news that these people bring to Jesus. And the news is really alarming about the kind of powerful, bloodthirsty, violent ruler that Pontius Pilate is, the Roman governor of that area, and a figure that we will hear about as we get close to the time in which Jesus' end will come to during Holy Week. Now, you also have to remember that these Galileans that we heard about being about suffering and being killed, Jesus is a Galilean himself, having grown up in Nazareth of Galilee. It's news that hits close to the heart. He may have known some of them, grown up around them, known um, family members of these people. And yet, it seems interesting in his words there. And then there's all of the, the language about Pilate mingling their blood with the sacrifices. And you have to wonder what all of that's about. And it almost seems to imply that Pilate had also no regard, no respect for any of their religious rituals either. No regard for any of them or the life that they had. And you begin to see what kind of person Pilate is. Jesus then says something to them. He asks them this question, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? Now, at first, that seems really odd. Like, why would Jesus ask that kind of question? These people were killed. But it kind of gets at that way of thinking at that time that uh, anything bad that happened must be the cause. There must be a reason for it. There must be some sort of cause that why that punishment came to be. The kind of thinking that um, if someone was born with some physical uh, disability, it must have been the fault of their parents. And sometimes we blame God for the things that happen in life that we don't have answers for, we can't explain, and that are so horrific and unbelievable. Jesus asks that question, I think in a way, to lead them to the answer, which is no. No, those Galileans didn't sin more than any other person. That sometimes in this world, bad things just happen. Sometimes bad things just happen through no fault of our own, through nothing that we did to deserve it, through nothing that we even did to have it happen. Sometimes accidents happen, things that we can't ever prepare for, plan for, out of the blue. Sometimes things happen 
not because we have a God who controls things to such a degree that says, okay, I'm going to make this war happen right now. I'm going to make this disease happen right now. I'm going to make this pain and suffering happen right now in the lives of these people. Jesus is trying to remind them that that is not our God. Sometimes in this world, in this life, bad things just happen. And as a person of faith, it's hard to deal with that recognition, to deal with that awareness, that truth. And yet, if we can, then hopefully we can also try to prepare ourselves for anything that we really we can't prepare for in such a way to know that it doesn't come from God and it's not because of something that we did. And so then, knowing those two things, it maybe allows us to be able to do what we are able to, to be able to think about it in a way that is a little bit more helpful than something more negative that just leaves us spiraling down in thinking that... God is nowhere close. Jesus then goes on to use this image of the fig tree, this parable of the fig tree. And again, with parables, there are so many different ways to interpret them. That's the beauty of these parables, especially with whatever you're dealing with in life, with whatever your experiences have been. And at various times in your life, you hear those parables and you think about them differently. It's the way that God uses them to continue to speak to all of us. And so as we hear this parable today, I totally missed what Pastor John heard immediately. The owner had planted a fig tree in the middle of a vineyard. Kind of thought, no big deal. But you're right. Grapes and vineyards need sun, whereas a fig tree would cast shade. And they have a completely different growing season. And grapevines take about three years to grow and develop so that they are able to produce fruit. But fig trees take a little bit more time. Totally missed all of that. I just looked at the fig tree and saw that it had green leaves on it. And so as the owner comes looking for that fruit, I also noticed that it had been three years. And so my mind immediately went in the direction of Jesus and the time in which he had in this life to be about his work teaching and preaching and healing and trying to help people to know who God is and to know what God was now doing through him. And yet, even with that amount of time, even with the ability for people to have Jesus right in front of their eyes, to be able to hear him with their own ears, to be able to see with their own eyes the things that Jesus had been doing, we hear again and again and again, group after group of people, 
not getting it, not having any idea who Jesus is, not having any idea where his authority and his power was coming from to do these things, not having any ability to see a much larger picture, not having any ability to let go of their own need for power or wealth or success and prominence in their daily life. And so as I read this scripture, I took the the fig story parable to be something that Jesus directs at both the people that came to him and to all of us as well too, so that we cannot make these same mistakes, that we can be people who bear fruit. So with all of that in mind, imagine this is our fig tree for us today, and imagine around us is the vineyard it's been planted in. And so as you can see, there's all of these paper, uh, paper figs. And so some of them are green, some of them are, are uh, a nice, um, lovely purple as they grow and mature and are sweet and juicy. And it's good to see, right? And yet, isn't it interesting that so often as we go about our life day in, day out, what we see is not the sweet, juicy fruit that happens around us and to us and that we are a part of. Instead, what we see are all of the things that drive us up a wall. The people that we encounter, the people that we talk with, get to know, work with, have to interact with, maybe the people that... um, are, are connected to some family member of ours, the people who say one thing and then they do something completely different. And it makes us so mad. It makes us so crazy. And then we see all of the people who talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and then nothing ever gets done. And we are just left thinking, of course there's never going to be anything that changes for good because we spend all of our time talking about it and not doing anything. And there are the people that no matter how often we try to say what we think, to add our ideas, they can't hear us at all. And their minds are so set on how they think something should be or how it has to go, how it has to come together. And there's no way to help them to see anything different. They're, They're just illogical. And you can't talk them into anything different. It's impossible to have anything, any kind of conversation with them. And then sometimes there are the people that just are so different from us. Maybe it's because of how they grew grew up or their background or their age or what they believe or their personality type. And there's just something that just clashes and conflicts and it makes it really hard for us to get along with them at times. And then maybe there are sometimes the things that 
that people carry that we don't even really know about. You know, the, the pain, the sadness, the fears that they have, the worries that they have, that they keep all within. And then all of a sudden, some days, it just comes out. And maybe they blurt something out in an angry fashion, and it affects our day. And it just leaves us wanting to have nothing to do with them. Instead of thinking that it could be something about what they're dealing with instead of what we're dealing with. There are so many things that we see in life about the people around us. And the more and more we look, the more and more it affects who we are. It makes us go a little insane at times. Sometimes it might even leave us feeling as if we could just work by ourselves and not have to spend any time with anyone else. And then we have our tree, and there's no fruit left on it. Everything is gone. And sometimes, as we think about all of those things that drive us crazy, all of those negative things of the people around us, it's almost like the fruit has actually been turned into logs, the logs that we notice about who they are or their behavior or their actions. And as we take a look at all of those things around us, what we really see is the logs that are in our own eyes. All of the negative things that end up hurting ourselves. Because we don't see how they are preventing us from bearing fruit, from producing something sweet, from producing something good that offers life. And in so doing, it takes away something from us too. But if we are able to spend some time thinking about how it is that we can produce good fruit, something that leads to life for those around us and for our world, then chances are the tree gets replenished once again. So here's your homework for this week. Think about the things that have been done, maybe that someone has done for you, that has left you wanting to thank them. Any time this week, any time this last month, any time throughout your life, when someone has done something for you that has made you stop to think, oh, I have to thank that person. And maybe you did thank them in person. You said thank you so much. Maybe you actually went a little step further and you wrote them a card or a letter or you called them to say thank you so much for doing what you did. Maybe you just smiled and waved at them from afar just to make that contact that you know what they did and you appreciated it. You see, when we start thinking about all those kinds of things, chances are it adds up to quite a lot of things that we have to give thanks for. And sometimes it's the really small things that, that people do. Maybe it's the the simple gesture that someone does in the store. Or maybe it's the person that looks us in the eye when they say, how are you? And then they stop 
Because they realize that even though our lips are saying good, we're really not so fine that day. And then they stop and they say, no, tell me really, how are you? Those are the things that we are so incredibly thankful for. That's good fruit shared. And then maybe there are the times in our lives that people have impacted us in such a way through something that they have done that we have been able to learn from and, and gain our own wisdom from. Maybe the people we know, maybe even people we've never met, but we've read something that they have written or we've thought about something that they first came up with. All of these things shape us and impact us in our lives. Maybe you are so thankful for what Jesus has done. Even if sometimes you fear that there's no way you can fully do what Jesus asks and hopes and invites us to do. All of those things that have been reason for you to give thanks are signs of good fruit. They're signs of life that were shared with you. Life takes a form in all different ways, from the very simplest things to the things that had shaped us for a lifetime. And when we're focused on these things, then it feeds us, and we are able to keep on producing ourselves. That's why we're here. That's why we exist. To be people who receive this life given to us and to be people who help share life with those around us. This week, hopefully, you can take a little step back anytime something or someone is driving you nuts. Anytime that you are so taken aback by horrendous signs of power, abuse, negativity, take a step back and pray. Pray for that person. Pray for that situation. And then keep looking to all of the many reasons for which you have to give thanks so that you can remember your purpose. Bear fruit, people. Amen.